Well, we're still ill. <laughs> Anyone who's listened to our very small output recently will know that we've not been able to get on the podcast for a while because we've been poorly. We're now in week five of illness. The illness that I had four weeks ago has now come back round and bitten you in the bottom. Literally. Quite literally. Yeah. Um, and yeah, yeah, it's not just one thing that's making us ill. It just seems to be that everything's coming round again and just mm. as soon as one of us gets well, someone else gets hit by something else. Yeah, so it's made it made podcasting quite hard because one of us is running to a toilet, one of us is blowing their nose, someone else is just whinging in a corner. That's... <laughs> Maybe you. Probably you most of the <laughs> Probably time. Probably me, yeah. yeah. I, know. I was going to say it was going to be me, but then I was like, no, that's too too, uh, too truthful. Yeah. <laughs> but we've had some really, really good things happen to us during this period of time where we've not been able to really do much with the podcast, which is ironic, really, when you think about it. Absolutely. It's been so exciting, like mm. the things that have happened. Uh, you start. You. Oh, well, uh, the big one for me was when we were chosen to be British Movie Podcast of the Week in Film Stories, Film Stories magazine. That was just like, oh, like I'm I'm on a podcast, but I'm doing a I'm doing a face. <laughs> like it's like a wow face. And I'll be honest. So mm-hmm. I know that you have spoken to M McGowan. M McGowan wrote yeah. our review. Um, and I. Was somewhere in the background, probably working while you <laughs> or, were doing it. Or being it. ill, yeah, generally. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I didn't really know what to expect from this. I know that you'd spoke to her a little bit and passed on a few quotes and suggested a few episodes. But when it came through and I read it, I was in tears. Yeah. It's such a lovely write-up. Uh, Emma, if you're listening, thank you so much. I've had a look through her article. She's such a good writer. She's such a good writer. And like... not only when she's writing nice things about us. If yeah, I'd really recommend anyone check out her writing yeah. uh, so what's the website it's film stories film stories yeah film mm. stories and they've got a podcast as well film stories pod yes so go on twitter the internet every day and put i'll now put it in the show notes as well yeah. and have a read film stories is a really really good uh, magazine it's it's non-clickbaity so it's really written it's written by people who love films yes. love the history of film the culture of film and I really enjoy reading it because it often goes back to things from the 90s as yeah. well. Uh, so absolutely just over the moon to be just inc- just included, never mind like yeah. movie podcast yeah. of the of the week. But also just some of the lovely things she said. She said it was like life affirming and lovely. And I just love that phrase. I think it's just... I'm well enough just yeah. about oh, it. God, you are. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, isn't that just, just such a lovely, lovely thing to have happen to you? And like we we i was talking to someone about the podcast the other day and i was saying you know like we to do this this is our hobby this is our thing that we do when you know take this for an example we've been poorly mm. you know the baby's finally gone to sleep and we've just gone oh we've just had a bit of a week of it should we just get on the podcast and yeah. just record this nonsense and see what comes of it mm. and the things that have come from the podcast have just been so enriching in our lives that it's little things like this, just huge things for us. That we go on about it for months and months on end. We really li- we live off them for months and months on end. Absolutely. I think the other thing about this is that some of our favourite podcasts have been featured as movie podcasts of the week. Um, I know the cinema have been mentioned on there, and I just noticed this week uh, the movie Robcast were featured on there as well. The movie Robcast, our oh, oh, podcasting pals. Yes. Um, just amazing to see, and you get so excited for other people as well. I was like, when, when they came up, 
I was like, yes! I was like sending them. I was about to send them like this this DM about like, oh, this is amazing, blah, blah, blah. And also because it had said um, how they had met. So the two Robs had met. Because I keep wanting to ask the Robs how they've met. But because we've spoken to them for such a long time, I now feel it's a bit weird to go, so Robs, We've spoken to you for like maybe a year, a year over a year, over a year now. And um, how did you guys meet? And be a bit like an interview, but because M, who's written the feature, has asked them the question, I now know the answer. Is this how you're passive aggressively broaching the the subject that you've got a lot to ask them when we when we finally meet up and COVID's over? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I just I want I've, there's so many things that like you talk about film, but actually you want to sort of know about the people as well. And I'll be blocked by seconds yeah, I of this coming out. Well, you know what? Because I keep sending them things to do with ABBA as well because yes because just doing a, a wonderful link we were invited to guest on the Rob's sister podcast which is called Another Time McLeod Another Time McLeod Another Time McLeod so this is one of those podcasts where they review how the film Highlander minute by minute or kind of scene by scene almost section by section yeah and we've been on two episodes one's just come out the wednesday just gone as we record and our second podcast will come out the wednesday after this yeah so it's absolutely amazing to sit and like and we did it on an evening didn't we where um blake had gone to bed um just we we had to we were those terrible people that were like can we just have five more minutes he just won't sleep he knows we want to record so on an evening and we just we spoke for hours and just had such a good time. You know, when you when people in a and obviously we're doing it virtually as well, but you feel like you're in the room together. When people love a film or love talking about elements of a film, even if it's not a film that's like I'm thinking about you, you didn't know Highlander sort of early doors did you Highlander was a film of my childhood but you came to it quite late on you absolutely introduced me to it Mm. well reintroduced me to it and explained to me why I was wrong for thinking (laughs) it was just an alright film but like even you don't have that sort of historic attachment to it yeah but you were able to talk at some length about the wrestling element, <laughs> which I'm so pleased for you because Robert asked you the um, asked you the question, so it said, "Oh, would you just talk a little bit about you know?" Because it wasn't the, even the, an RC. It wasn't even an RC, and it was really kind of him to sort of indulge you, I think, on on that front. Yeah, I did feel like I kind of took over the podcast for five minutes, just rambling about but the I history really... of the wrestling industry in the early eighties. I know, like obviously we're married and everything, and I've you know there's a, an unwritten rule that I have to be nice to you, but I really, really enjoyed listening back to that and hearing the the happiness in your voice at being able to because you did it without any notes as well like I'm just bigging you up here love but yeah. you know I thought you did a really good job well done is what I'm trying to say I'll give you a pat on the knee what you're kind of saying is your geekiness knows no bounds yeah. about wrestling but yeah I don't even watch it anymore but it was but amazing yeah. we got to talk to them about like this there was an ABBA reference there was Emmerdale references and I just thought it's such a wonderful podcast and we were so happy to be invited on and so many other people that we like are guesting and talking about the, the scenes. And it's just a lot of fun. And it's so much fun. Yeah. It's so much fun. And so, they're having great fun with it as well. I really hope that comes across. It certainly comes across when I'm listening to the other episodes mm-hmm. uh, with their other guests. Yeah, let's hope we don't bring bring it, bring it down. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> might, have, might have lost some subscribers with all the wrestling talk this week. Um, but yeah, you can find Another Time of Cloud anywhere you find this podcast, I'm pretty sure. And also, they're on Twitter at, at McLeod Time. I thought we did that really well. Why can't we do that with our own podcast? 
why can't we do and when when i say we i mean me (laughs) why can't we do the ending and sort of like selling things you know the podcast blurb on our own i think we do it i think we do it fine the first time Mm. and then when we repeat it week on week it just kind of all blends into Maybe one and i feel like it should be written down for me because i just get a mind but it's like something comes over me that's like you can't do it you can't do it. like speak for a living i can't do it you can't do it i was like i don't stop talking like i don't stop talking do i and yet i can't do this bit anyway we'll give it a go today yeah and see what happens <laughs> yeah anyway we have got loads of stuff to oh, talk about because it has so been so long yeah but we're going to do a sort of a film heavy podcast aren't we this week because we normally sort of do quite a bit of tv and then plop a film in that typically that you've been to see and yes. then i've been to see later yeah but we've we've got so many films to talk about and we, we've watched a lot of television but a lot of it will be completely out of date now so we're gonna go for two tv shows that we particularly want to speak about pointless and (laughs) yeah you'd love that you'd love to do a pointless podcast wouldn't you i would it would mainly be me just judging the guests for picking bad categories in the final round that would be true actually yeah that would just be it wouldn't it oh what's our feature this week mark judges guests for picking wrong category oh they picked turner prize again (laughs) so yeah a couple of tv quite a few films yeah let's get going tv first Watching television, watching television. We're going to start with Cruel Summer, which is a it's an Amazon Prime, isn't it? I was about to say it was a Netflix. Yeah, it's but Amazon it is, it's, Prime. It was an Amazon Prime. So this came out quite a few weeks ago now, isn't it? Well, it was probably brand new when our last podcast came out. Because <laughs> uh, yeah. we spoke about, we were like, oh, we've watched episode one, let's do a podcast on it. And then that didn't happen. It was, yeah, it was about four weeks ago it came mm. out. So it's about a month ago. Now... How are we going to describe Cruel Summer? Okay, so I think it is a story of two girls Mm -hmm. that is told over three summers. You see these summers in parallel. So you cut it to summer 93, where Jeanette Turner, played by, I'm going to butcher this, but Chiara Aurelia? Could it be like, mm. should we look it up? No. Um, <laughs> I'd like to get it right. No. Um, is the... I think it says she's a, she's a geek. Okay, but yeah, yeah. yeah. She, maybe not part of like the popular crowd. Yeah, not part of the popular crowd. And she idolises Kate Wallace, who is played by Olivia Holt. Uh, she is the popular girl in school. She is the blonde cheerleader type. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, American homecoming queen. Yeah. During seeing that, we also cut to summer '94, where Jeanette is now the most popular girl in school, and we also see '95, where Jeanette is public enemy number one throughout the entire country. We see both girls' storylines side by side, Jeanette and Kate, and I won't go into what happens to Kate because it's a bit of a spoiler. But she has a contrasting couple of summers (laughs) to that of Jeanette. What are your thoughts? Well, I know what your thoughts are because you've not you've struggled to hide it for uh, four weeks. I love this so much. I love this so much. Like one of my best mates rang the other day, and sort of she she had been ill as well. Yeah, just ill all over. She'd been ill, and she'd I'd said to her she was working through things. She was like, "Have you done a podcast recently of like what you've been watching?" I was like, "No, but go and watch Cruel Summer. It's set in the nineties. This is the big thing for me. It's yeah. set in the nineties. It's 
just it's one of it's actually it's got so much mystery to it but it's also got these relationships between these teenagers you've got like people like harley quinn smith in kevin smith like i know her as kevin smith's daughter other people will just know her as harley quinn smith and oh that's her dad over there and he makes films do you yes. know what i mean yeah it's like all of their they're referencing films that the dad made all of that so i think it's quite tongue-in-cheek at times mm. I really like how they differentiate the different summers through the sepia tones on the screen. Yeah, Summer 93 is really bright and um, unfiltered, just really well lit. Whereas by the time you get to 95, it is... It's just... Yeah, there is... real... Yeah. Dark filter. Yes, absolutely. It's almost like a grey... Greyscale. Close to, yeah. Mm. Yeah, I totally Mm. agree. Um... I really love the people in it. I really love the acting. It is part Dallas, part, I don't know, high school musical without the musical Well, it kind of reminds me a little bit of um, Riverdale. Okay, which which, I haven't seen, but you keep talking about. And you might like Riverdale if you give it a go. Do you think so, if I like that? It's melodrama. It is, oh God, someone's been killed in the sit in the in the town and uh-huh. we don't know who it is that's killed them. Right. And now the school kids are gonna like get together and find a clue somewhere and stuff Ooh, like well, that. Well maybe. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I might rethink that. I think the casting of this is just nailed on perfect. Totally. I think uh Kiara, as I will call her, um, who plays Jeanette, just is the the subtleties between when she's playing kind of the the geeky um with a braces on and her like uh, wavy hair and and then the the summer later she is the most popular girl and absolutely carrying it the girl who plays Kate Olivia Holt is the perfect person to play this i mean if you were going to draw a homecoming queen that is this girl mm-hmm. and i think it's really really it would be really really easy to write that character as being a bitch. Mm. But she's not in this. Mm. She is just a really nice girl yeah. who is like who just popular. happens to be from yeah. a privileged background. Yeah. Who happens to, you know, the Her stepdad's the a legend in foot American yeah. football. A yeah. mum was the homecoming, you know, yeah. it's all that sort of stuff. I, I really, I, I loved the mystery element to it. I liked how it just, it drip feeds you information and that's what that's what made it to me incredibly bingeable was that i wanted to get to the next episode to get another piece of the puzzle and not just for the two main girls that we were talking about but for the surrounding characters as well yeah there are storylines that are, are really quite touching there are things that people have the secrets that people keep yeah and things that they're not able to talk about and not able to be open about um there's just yeah, I, I just love it so much. I loved it so much. And the only thing that I'm disappointed in is that they're talking about having a season two. Now, for me, this is a one and done unless it's going to be an anthology. I don't want to revisit these characters. Yeah. It, it came to a natural conclusion at the ending, which I think you may have had more of an issue with than me. Absolutely. Um, but there, yeah. is, there is an ending. Yeah. Um, things do come to a conclusion. The the, the final episode let me down. Mm-hmm. It wasn't the way I wanted it to go. Um, and I was disappointed by it. Mm-hmm. That doesn't take... For me, that doesn't take away the journey that I had all yeah. the way through it. And I think I was... Like, I'm the person who carried on watching Run till the end last year and yeah. put it in my top ten for the year. Yeah. And, you know, 
I think the ending of Run wasn't the best, but I enjoyed it all the way through. Um, this just, is just fun, isn't it? Yeah, it's, it's really a good lot of fun. fun. It's an absolute kick-ass soundtrack. Mm. If you had MTV during the 90s when it was the European MTV yeah. and therefore didn't play like necessarily all the UK hits but just all the sort of worldwide hits so you've got like um, Hull, you've got the Cranberries you've got Pearl Jam it's such a such a good soundtrack and it just really really takes me back to like being a teenager in 1994 and 95 yeah, yeah same um yeah, it's 11 episodes. It's really, really watchable. It's really watchable. It's really easy watch. Mm. Um, I think this will be on my top 10 of the year. Oh, I think it's probably in my... It's definitely my number one at the moment. Wow. Yeah, my number one. Because I enjoyed it so much. I really wanted to watch all of it without you. Yeah. Um. So when you were doing things and I was like had some free time, I was desperate to get to the next episode and I had to, yeah, I know you're giving me a face, I had to really pull back, which to me just shows you how much I love this because I almost sort of like went for, <laughs> I almost went for it and sort of had the wrath of Mark come down. I mean, you did at one point. Yeah, I did. Well, I was going to do it again, but then I was like, no. <laughs> I kept on checking our Amazon Prime account just to see if, see what the last episode that we'd seen is. And It's uh... just that meme, isn't it? Of people of like, you know, have you watched the next episode and relationships breaking down because the other person's gone ahead? Yes. 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 <laughs> anyway, onto a show where that hasn't really happened, has it? Which I'm really surprised at because people were, were setting it up as the next big thing. Yeah. So this is BBC One's Vigil. Yes. Which is produced by the people behind Line of Duty. So it got a huge fanfare, lots of big trailers, lots of people talking about it. Uh, people saying that this was appointment television. See, starring people that have been in Line of Duty. There are people from Game of Thrones in there. So some really big hitters in terms of your... Um, your cast, Saran Jones, is the main star. Yeah. Together with Rose, Rose Leslie. Leslie. Obviously, like the Game of Thrones element. There was, there was other people in there. Um, from, from Game of Thrones, weirdly, actually, there's what's his name? Um, Stannis Baratheon's in it. Yes. And the guy that all I know is that he is very well endowed. Podrick. That's it. That's yeah. the only thing I remember about him. I was like, oh, that's that guy. Um, Martin Comston's in Martin it. Martin Comston's in it. Uh, Connor Swindles from Sex Education. So looking forward to that coming back. Pat and uh, Joseph. Pat and Joseph. And I love the fact that he's, he's the captain of the... Well, it's, it's, it's basically, I should really say, it's about um, the crew of a submarine. Yes. So he's the captain of, of the submarine, or the commander, I think. There is an incident mm-hmm. on there, and there has to be a police investigation into a possible murder. Mm. So Saran that... Jones yeah. is sent... sent yeah, yeah, you're looking at me, darling. Does that sound right? Yeah. Yeah. Saran Jones is the police officer and she is sent into the submarine. So obviously you, you, you're very... Um, you're restricted in what you can do. You yeah. can't get outside, so it's really claustrophobic. It's this um, hotbed of, you know, all these people with these different relationships and different angsts against each other. It's really, really confined space. They don't want her to be there. They've got other things going on. But also, she's not able to communicate very much with the outside world. Well, she can't communicate at all with the outside world. Oh, they can just send her stuff, They can send they? her messages, yeah. but she can't send one back. Yeah, and they have to... It's Rose Leslie, who is sort of her other other half on yeah. the on the other side, her, her police officer um, colleague. 
and she has to send her almost like coded messages through like oh do you remember my favorite book yes this person has something to do with that you know nothing exactly exactly (laughs) that might be the uh i might put that as the podcast title (laughs) so so we watched the first episode together yeah and then i'm just this is a really well-made show that i am not interested in watching Mm. so I'm not interested in watching submarine dramas. And I think this goes for Crimson Tide. This goes for Hunt and Fred October. And I know that Hunt and Fred October is a good film. I've I've seen it, but I'm just never interested in watching it because it's just that one setting just I find really boring. It's the same reason I don't like, and this is a really sweeping statement that I say, I'm not attracted to films that are set before I thought you were gonna electricity. Yeah. Because... A bar, a house, a field, they all just feel the same. Whereas, That's so funny. And, 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 this is a flippant way of saying it about the, the thing about electricity, but it means, you know, you can have a car chase, you can have a, um, you can go to like a different city with neon lights and stuff like that. It seems look differently. And I just don't think there is that when you're on a, mm-hmm. on a submarine. Um, you've carried on watching it, haven't you? Yeah, I have. Um, like you say, it's, it's really hard. This is such a well-made show. It's got a really interesting premise. It's got great people in it. I have watched the first three episodes. I think I'm doing it out of duty. You know? Line of duty. I I knew you were going to say that. Yes, I think I am. And I think because it is so well done, I I feel like I should see it through to the end, but I don't feel compelled to do it if that makes sense. But it, it just kind of feels like a bog standard murder mystery on a submarine. And I, I just don't feel there's anything else to it. There's also, it's a little bit tropey. You know, the police officer that's had a tragedy. There's, you know... The female police officer that's had a tragedy in yeah. her past. You see, I, I said this for Mayor of Easttown. I know you did. I know. I think Mayor and, of Easttown's got a huge amount going for it. And, and everything that I've this. said seen since this just comes back to it. Yeah. I, and we yeah. does she develop a, a, a substance abuse problem in the I next mean, couple of episodes? Because that's yeah. that that's that's the next oh, one. Oh, don't. Yeah. It it just feels a little bit by numbers, and there, there's some interesting sort of ideas in there in terms of what's going on in the navy so i haven't really seen that before yes. the, the and that political element that you see in line of duty i can feel that coming through in terms of people making decisions that are not necessarily for the best interests of the crew yeah there are um international relations at play and you can see you, you, you might as well you might as well take out the commanders, I don't know what their actual titles are, but you know, the people who are the, the, the big wigs of the Navy yeah. and replace them with the big wigs of the police. Yeah. Is that sort of thing to it, which I often find really interesting. I don't know whether it just hasn't quite got going for me yet, maybe by episode mm. four, but I kind of saw everything that's happened, I've seen coming. Everyone who seems fine, but then maybe is a bit of a wrong un. I've seen it straight away. I've gone, yeah, you, you're being really nice, but I know you're going to turn out to be, oh, but, you know, that all of that has happened. The thing that I really respect about it is it clearly knows, 
it's such a trivial thing, but when I was watching it, when she's walking around, being shown around the submarine, um, and it is just a camera side on camera going down, and you see the commander going down the steps as like you would walk down some steps, but she turns around to walk down it like a ladder, because, and it just shows the difference between her as a newbie on this submarine. I think that stuff's really good, but yeah, I just, meh. I might, mm. it's one of them things I'll probably end up watching on like that week between Christmas and New Year, purely because it'll, I, this is getting really good reviews. This will be in people's end of year lists and I'll probably find that I have a duty to watch it. The same way that I did um, I May Destroy You last year, which to be honest, I didn't fancy and then I ended up loving. So, but yeah, having seen one episode, um, I've not been And you actually said to, to me, just, just carry on, which yeah. very rare that that yeah. happens. See, yeah. cruel summer. So that's all for TV. Yes. Let's get on to film. We've got a lot of films to talk about. We have. We have. Mostly me. So like we say, it's going to be film heavy this week. We've got three films to get through. Free Guy, which you went to see. Yeah. Cruella, which we both saw. Yes. And Shang-Chi and the Ten Rings. The Legend of the Ten Rings. The Legend of the Ten Rings, which again, you went to see. So it's quite, because what you say, it's quite mark heavy, this section of the podcast, isn't it? That's what everyone comes for. (laughs) Yeah, I'm sure they do. Genuinely, I'm (laughs) sure they do. Um, Okay, so Free Guy, you saw that quite a while ago. Let's let's get this over with, because you've been waiting to talk to me about this for like a month. Yeah, because I went to see this basically because I needed to go... I needed to get out of the house and go see a film. Mm. I knew nothing about this other than Ryan Reynolds was in it. And before I left the house, you mentioned that Jodie Comer was in it. Yes, I did. Yes. Spoilers. Spoilers. <laughs> so, Is Jodie Comer doing her natural Liverpoolian accent in this? You... <laughs> oh, how would you not know? She either is or she isn't. Liverpudlian is quite a strong accent. No, she's not doing a Liverpudlian accent. Okay. She but... does a number of different accents. Right. Oh, okay. Right. 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 Fair enough. Yeah. Sorry. Carry on. This is a film about NPCs. What the what? Do what? you know what NPCs are? Oh, is it a something like non-player characters or non-playable is it NPCs? characters? Yeah, NPCs. Non-playable right, okay. characters. Right. So, so people who just route in the background. Yeah. If you about. if you are watching if you're playing Grand Theft Auto Five, yeah, there are people who walk around in the background mm-hmm. and just get in the and way. And then you can steal their car. Yeah, you can steal I've their car. This. They pay no attention when you're walking down the street <laughs> oh, go, carrying ah! a bazooka or a samurai sword. <laughs> And Ryan Reynolds is one of these. He's a okay. bank teller who gets up, goes to work, drinks the same cup of coffee every day, um, goes and chats to the security guard when they get held up by a gun robbery every day. As he's walking to work, there is helicopters shooting up cars going down the street. But because they're NPCs, they don't pay attention to it. Is it just because he doesn't know that it's happening? Or... Is it well, it's just, like it's just ignoring normal, it? No, it's not. It's just that, his normal world. Yeah, it's normal right, life. Okay. Like, he has shown, like, you know, that people run into the bank with guns and say uh-huh. there's a stick up. So he's like, here we go again. Here we go. Get on right. the floor. Oh, I'm thinking it's sort of like the Matrix where he's sort of like in this world that he doesn't, he kind of doesn't see what's going on around him. But yeah, okay. But he's not aware that he is in a game. Right. Which is what I'm thinking yes. of the Matrix. Yeah. yeah. Okay. He then pays attention to a stunning young um, player, uh, girl that walks past him one day 
and which is odd for him, and falls in love with her. Just like that. Can you imagine who that's played by? Yes, I can. It then turns out that she's a player from the outside world who is is has an avatar in the game, but they form a relationship and there is a lot of plot that happens in the background. This is not a good film. <laughs> you but, seem so positive. You've but, got a happy face. But I really love it. Okay, good. Good, I'm pleased. The, the problems are many. <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> this is basically the Lego movie meets Wreck-It Ralph. Um, it's someone realising they're in a bigger world, but it's in a computer environment. One of the problems, and for me anyway... And I think this is almost sacrilege to say so, is Ryan Reynolds. I love Ryan Reynolds. I have a man crush on Ryan Reynolds. But I like my Ryan Reynolds witty and caustic and cynical and and witty rather than naive and charming, which he is in this by necessity. Um, I I don't think he's the biggest problem in the film. But it's it just not the Ryan Reynolds I want in this. The biggest problem in the film is Taika Waititi. Oh, I didn't know he was in. No, nor did I. Is he the baddie? I, I'm presuming he's playing some sort of baddie. He plays the video game developer uh-huh. who, for reasons, wants to stop Ryan Reynolds' character doing what he's doing. He is awful. He is just awful in this. And I love Taika Waititi. I love his films. I even love the things he acts in. I think he's really good in the Avengers films as Korg. He is unbearable in this. Like I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna channel my wrestling knowledge here. So you have a baddie in wrestling, and you want the best baddies are ones that you love to hate. But they have things which is called go away heat, which is just get off my telly because I really don't want to see you. And that's a bad kind of hate. You don't want to, you want to hate someone because they're being bad, not hate someone because you just don't want to see them at all. Fair enough. I understand. And that's what he is just obnoxious and purposefully so. Is that, that's clearly what he's going for and he's nailed it, but not in a way that I want mm. to see him. Um, Jodie Comer is lovely as normal in this. She's so charming. Joe Keery, who you will know for, as Steve from Stranger Things. Oh, I do. He's so charming in this. He's lovely. lovely. Oh, God, I'm glad he's in other things as well. There is a, a five-minute spell in the final act where I just turned around and almost audibly in the cinema said, fuck off. <laughs> Anyone who's seen this will know which bit it is. It's the bit where... Uh, no, this is so spoilerific. Yeah, I was about to say, anyone yeah. knows it's the bit where... Yeah, yeah. No, you can't go into that, can you? It's the bit where no, you are you reminded you are where... you are watching a film. Right, okay. Yeah. But, but no. Yeah. Stop now. However, I cried at this film. Oh my God. <laughs> you really did need to get out of the house, didn't yeah. you? Not just once either. Really? Yeah, it's really... I think the characters are so well built and the world building is so good. Even though it's not the Ryan Reynolds you want in your life. Yeah. It's not yeah. Deadpool Ryan Reynolds. Yeah, yeah. but the, the the characters that surround them, there's so good people in this. I, I, I could name a few people that pop up, but I think that's kind uh, of Yeah, don't spoilers. go... Yeah, because they've only just highlighted Coma and, and Reynolds. So, also, yeah. check... Just stay for the end credits. Mm-hmm. Because and just have a look at who did the, do the additional voices. Okay. I did not get this, but yeah, there is a is huge amount of then, people. Isn't it? Yeah, you you say like a movie Wreck It Ralph. That's yeah. I think it's one of those ones where I might watch 
when it comes on telly and it's a sort of a Friday night where I don't really need anything cerebral. This is a perfect Friday night film. Mm. Yeah, it's just fun. Mm-hmm. Um, How long is it? Is it a long one? I think it's 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 under two hours. Yeah, okay, good. Yeah. Excellent. Um, it, yeah, it's, it is the Lego movie. It yeah. is Wreck-It Ralph, but it's a lot of fun and there's a lot of people having a lovely time on there. Oh, I'm dead pleased for I was, you. Yeah, I really, really enjoyed I it. I was like, some people were really, really sniffy about it on some of the reviews. They were just, you know, it was very sort of like roll your eyes and all yeah. But like, if you like it, if you know it's got problems, but you like it, then good. Like, that's what you go to the cinema, have fun. It might be a bit throwaway, but you've had two hours of like just laughing and crying apparently absolutely so, you know all yeah. the emotions so i'm pleased for you yeah it's really yeah. nice yeah should we talk about a film that is not under two hours oh, oh yeah i'm still tired i'm still tired so we watched cruella over three nights people over <sighs> three nights that's how long it took and the second night when we went back to it we were like Oh, we're like, we must be over halfway through. No, 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 no. We were 37 minutes in and the little bar that goes across the screen to tell you how far you are was so close to the left-hand side. I couldn't believe it. There was so much to go. So we even got to the part where we were like, right, we half an hour to the end. And we were like, right, we'll have to do that another night. So three nights to get through Cruella. I feel like it's a bit of a cliche to say this needs a good pair of scissors taken oh, to it. doesn't it just... And you know what? The thing is, I've already listened, I or I had already listened to a load of reviews about Cruella because I thought, I'm just not interested in this at all. You were going to go and see it at the pictures. Yes. Because we watched this on streaming at home. Yeah. Is it Disney Plus that it was on? It's Disney Plus, yeah. yeah. It, so it was released in the cinemas and on Disney Plus Premium Access, mm. so the extra 15 quid on top of your subscription. Oh, okay. But now it's, I think three months have passed and it's got to the point where it's now available just as part of your Disney subscription. And you, you were on your way, weren't you, to the pictures one day to see it? it I was on holiday. Yeah. I, um, we went for breakfast together. We did. And then I, you went to your friend's house. Yeah. And I went and walked to the cinema. And it was such a lovely day. I was like, you know what, sod this. I'm not going I'm not going to sit in the cinema. I'm just going to carry on walking. And yeah. walked from where we had breakfast, which is a fair part, the other side of North Tyneside, yeah. all the way home because it was such a nice day. Yeah. So you you, you were going to go and see it, didn't it? It's like... We've come back to it later on. Yeah. So then that was the reason, just going, I'm thinking, why am I talking about that? But that was the reason why I thought, well, I'm never going to go and see this. You were going to go and see it, report back. I'm not bothered by this film at all. I just don't, I'm not liking this whole prequel thing or revisiting characters, particularly people who are meant to be evil. (laughs) You know, (laughs) Disney characters are meant to be evil and giving, giving them a bit of heart or giving them a backstory that say, oh, this is why that, you know, I don't need to know why. Like these people are from very old films, you know, classic cartoons. And they're just, if they're just bad, just let them be bad. So that's why I listened to a number of the reviews. Yeah. And um, some people were, re- like people I really, really admire were, were really, really up on this film. We were saying that they really loved it, that it was going to be in their top 10, that, they went into it the same way that I did, but actually it really won them round. So I don't know whether my my sort of, when I went into it, I'm thinking, oh, this is going to be so much better than I think. Because I found it a real slog. 
And there's so much to commend about the film. I'm glad you said that. So much to commend about it. We'll come on to it in a minute, but I just found it hard to get through. So, I think the things that I disliked about this is the entire thing that links this to 101 Dalmatians. I think if this is called Bruella (laughs) and... It's a t- completely different character, separate, and they have to do a little tweaks to the plot, obviously, to make it significant. I think there's a really, really strong one hour forty five, one hour fifty m- film in there. Yeah, because this looks stunning. It's beautiful. It's so stylish. Isn't yeah, it? the soundtrack. Speaking of soundtracks, this is absolutely kick ass. It's sixties and seventies pop, and yeah, it's but lovely. I felt that it was just like needle drop, needle drop, needle drop. That was my only. I thing think yeah, I think it. you're quite right. There is too much of it, and it's it just oh look, there's the next one, there's the next one. But at least the good songs. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And yeah. the the, oh, the costuming. It, Cruella in this phase of of her existence, it's all to do with fashion yeah. and her being a fashion designer up against Emma Thompson's The Baroness, who yes. is the big fashion designer on the scene. And the, the costume was basically, there was so much that I mean, I don't know a lot about fashion. I am a jeans and a Breton top mum uniform yes you know white trainers jeans and a breton top at the moment so fashion is not my my forte but it really felt very westwoody to me vivian westwood punk it really reminded me of you know when we go down to london and we go down like the king king's road is that what it's king's road well it reminded me of carnaby street yeah um yeah all of those things that are really popular and the dedicated followers of fashion yeah and all of that sort of stuff that is quite just loved the Lond- look of London, even though the places that they were saying in London, we absolutely, as two Northerners, knew that was not where they were in London. <laughs> you kept talking about like Regent's Park, and I'm like, that's not Regent's Park. That looks like Greenwich. <laughs> it's like we know Greenwich. Because all films are filmed in Greenwich. You know, yes. the old naval dufa, the museums around there. And yeah, so there was... It was some interesting things, but it, London looked really good. Uh, there was things like Liberties of um, Liberty of London, which I've walked past loads of times, which is these, this old store, and it looked great. The people were great. The acting, so there was chewing of scenery. Mark Strong's in it. I yeah. mean, and Mark Hello. Strong. Hello. Um. So lots. I I really. I have such good will towards it, but I just. It just dragged. It drags. It needs time taking out of it. And to completely agree with your point, I'm just repeating what you're saying. This this shouldn't have been a Cruella Deville film. No, just someone trying to make it in the fashion, kind yeah. of like a um, an anti Devil Wears Prada. Totally. As I, I think, yeah, Emma Stone and Emma Thompson are having a lovely time in this. Mm-hmm. Um, I really like Joe Fry, oh, I'm glad you who said that. I, do too. I first saw, first came in yesterday, um, and he's so good along with uh, Paul Walter, Paul Walter Hauser as yep. kind of um, Cruella's hired goons. Yeah, um, some lovely dog performances, which oh, is yeah. always nice yeah, to see. Yeah, we always want the nice dog performance. Uh, John McRae who you mentioned today played Jamie in the original West End version of Everybody's Talking About Jamie. First time I've seen him, what a presence on screen. Yeah, very much so. Absolutely owns the scenes Mm -hmm. when he's in them and dressed out. 
And then just some so good, like little cameos from British comedy actors like um, Kyvan Novak from Phone Jacker turns up as a character we may or may not recognise. Um, Kirby Howell Baptiste, who's in uh, Killing Eve, she's in The Good Place as well, and Barry, of all things. Oh, not Barry. I forgot about Barry. Turns off as another character we may or may not know who gets a dog at some point. <laughs> Just Demetrio from Statlet's Flat. Oh, you got so excited when yeah. he was on. Yeah. I... There are parts of this where I thought, this is brilliant. Mm. But yeah, just whenever it tries to be a Cruella de Vil film, I'm just like, just can we just go back to seeing Emma Stone just yeah. try and hatch a plan to yeah. do stuff? And work with Jasper and Horace yeah. and, and the dogs. And... Let's have some lovely set pieces involving some amazing... Like, I don't care about frocks and dresses, but frocks. I'm like, give this an Oscar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Put, put, put a maxi dress on and uh, <laughs> give this the Oscar for best costume design. Yeah, because oh, totally, yes, this totally. absolutely nails it. Yeah. Mm. Oh, such a mix. What would you, what would you, what how many stars would you give it? Oh, I don't really know. Because there were times when I was like, two stars, two stars, I'm bored, I want to get through this. And we were looking at our phones a lot as well. I really yeah. noticed that towards the end. I think we did the third sitting. We were like, right, get to the yeah. end, get to the end. But like you say, other ones, it's kind of, it was pinging up to a four star. So maybe it just comes in the middle and it's three. I think that's right. I think that's a three. Mm. Um, and, you know, it's it's not quite, it, it it's not the worst film in the world. Not and there's plenty all. to watch not there. If you want something just to... It is a background watch, unfortunately. Mm, but and it, and it shouldn't be because of all the things that we've talked about. The performances, yeah. the costuming, mm. the, the set, the stylishness, yeah. the direction. It shouldn't be. But you're absolutely right. It is It is tied to the 101 Dalmatian story. Yeah. And it doesn't work. Yeah. It doesn't work for me. Yeah. And obviously yeah. now I realise it doesn't work for you, which is good. We're both on the same page. Okay, let's go to a Marvel. Let's finish off with a Marvel. Um, a film that I remember a couple of podcasts ago when we were talking about what the trailers were when we'd been to see a film. I said, I don't care about this. I'm not going to go and see it. It looks rubbish. And you were like, oh, I'm totally going to go and see that. It's Zhang Ji and the Legend of the Ten Rings. Well done. Oh, I see you've taught me already. You can't name podcast. my job title, but <laughs> yeah. you can name that film eventually. It's true. Yeah. It's true. Go on then, you went to see this the other day. So this is the latest, the second film in phase four of the MCU. And when this was announced, which was about four years ago, everyone was like, everyone who I listen to that talks about comic book films was saying, I've never even heard of this character. Which was largely the case for Guardians of the Galaxy, so... Not alone. Saying, yeah, yeah, not alone. But it wouldn't be the first time that Marvel made a decision based around what is now a massive Chinese film industry. Mm-hmm. And I was had concerns that it was just basically going to be a, a marketed decision rather than a creative decision. They put extra scenes in Iron Man 3, yeah. uh, I remember. like I think they gave a backstory to one of the doctors who worked on Tony, um, just gave him two scenes in Mandarin, just where he talks about, oh, it's it, we we need to make sure that we don't kill this world's hero. He he lies in our hands. I loved this, but with some caveats. Again, the reason this works is they have filled this with the absolute cream of Chinese cinema. Um, do you how much Chinese cinema have you seen? Not very much at all. I have to be honest. Crouching Not- Tiger. 
Uh, nope, not seen. Oh, Hera? Yes, I think I have, but once. Yeah. And obviously many years ago. Yeah, yeah. I've seen I've seen them too. Mm-hmm. I've seen Ip Man, which is mm-hmm. it, it it's it's another one that kind of broke through a little okay. bit. And um I've seen Shaolin Soccer, okay. which is more a kind of tongue in cheek idea of a kung fu movie. Okay. I've seen probably more than the majority of people who see this, but mm. no way an expert. So Okay. Yeah, I, okay. Yeah. If, if if you are looking for a comparison of this to Chinese cinema, this is not this is not the place to be. But there are two fight scenes in the first act of this film, which are probably my two favourite fight scenes in the history of the MCU. And getting close to American cinema in the from the past few years. Is that because of the creativeness of the fight scenes, or is it because, or, or is it that that we don't see that type of fighting? And obviously, I'm not an expert. You can yeah. tell by the the way I'm phrasing the question. So is is it the the way that the is it in it in itself the fighting itself is not something that we see regularly. A bit of both. Mm-hmm. So there is one which is straight up. For me, it could have been a scene from Crouching Tiger. Like I said, I'm sure people who are more familiar with Chinese mm-hmm. cinema might say, well, it's a bit turned down. Yeah. Um, but the, it stars Tony Lung as the main antagonist in this, who is kind of the Tom Hanks of Chinese cinema, okay. as I understand yeah. it. If Tom Hanks was also an expert <laughs> at, at Kung Fu. really action Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, you know, he's been in... All the films that you've heard of that you think of, we think of Chinese cinema. Okay. So, so in the mood for love, uh, Infernal Affairs, uh, the Grand Master, which is out a couple of years ago. Yeah, he is like he's in Hero. He's in Lust Caution. He, I've heard of all these films. Yes. So yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, he is a legend of Chinese cinema, and he acts. With his eyes, I think the international language of cinema just comes through him as someone who's not a native speaker. And there is a hell of a lot of subtitles in this for an MCU film. Yeah, great. Um, I mean, absolutely good. Um, God, I get so sick of people moaning about something. Yeah, yeah we've we've talked about this before. I think on yeah. and off the podcast, we're like, get over it. It's subtitles. The first ten minutes of this are in Mandarin with English subtitles. Um, and then you cut to America in modern day and you have to do the origin story of the Shang-Chi character um, who is played by, and I'm going to get his name right because he's an absolute unknown actor until this, Simo uh, Lee, who has been a staple in a Canadian comedy called Kim's Convenience and has had bit parts in a couple of TV shows. But this is his first major film. He has come out of nowhere. He is so good in this. I do remember from the trailer thinking he's a really charismatic presence. Yeah. They absolutely nailed the origin story in that they weave it in throughout the throughout the film. And it, we've seen so many superhero origin stories. You think you've seen them all. This went in different directions, how I thought it was going to go. You feel like you're going down a very certain path and then it just pulls the rug out from under you. And the, like I said, there is a scene on a bus which is one of the most innovative and well choreographed and well put together action sequences I've seen, certainly in the MCU and in American cinema for a long time. What are the problems with it then? So this is interesting. 
halfway through the second act, there is the film just switches for ten minutes, and there is a character turns up who I was really I found charming for about thirty seconds. <laughs> And then stayed around for the rest of the film, uh-huh. and I was like, "Oh, this should have been. A, this should have been a. This should have been gone." There is cute characters appear. They are they. It it goes off the rails at that point because it's less. I feel it's less about Shang Chi, and it's more about a world which I don't care in. There is stuff that's revealed in the trailers, which I really wish it hadn't have been. You know, final act stuff like last sort of twenty minutes. Um, scene setting things and uh, because it's an MCU film the ending it's not robots hitting each other but it's not the innovative fighting that brought us that got my attention in the first act and I think that's a shame because it, it is going so well but this is so fun like it's really worth it just for the first act of anything I was I was ready to give it five stars. It kind of went down to four by the end of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is so much fun and so different. I mean, Aquafina's in it, who is brings a comedy relief, and you know what Aquafina's going to do. Um, she's she's she, witty. She, she's sharp. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she's and the 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 chemistry between uh, Shang Chi and and Katie Aquafina's character is so good, whilst there's kind of like a platonic friendship there that's kind of, and it's never like, it doesn't become like, oh, I'm going to end up with a big kiss, which Mm, it's just there. And they've got like respect for each other. They obviously care for each other a lot. And there is scenes where with the Chinese family where they're like, why aren't you married and stuff Mm, like that? And it's like rolling their eyes and stuff like that. This builds its world so well, right up until the final act. Okay. And you know, I mean, knocking one star is not that bad, is it? You know, no, no. Like, I came out of this absolutely, film, absolutely smiling. Great. Yeah, and for an MCU, a standalone MCU, a world builder, a character that pe- most people won't know. Yeah, I think that's really good. Florian Muntinau turns up in this, who played uh, Victor Drago in Creed Two. Oh, you know it's been a while since I've saw uh, since I've seen Creed two and I really loved it. I thought it was better than Creed one. I've still not and, seen it. Yeah, I'd really like to revisit it actually with you. So yeah, that uh, good. He, he's. He, <laughs> I don't think I've got any more to add then. He's right. a really good presence in this, but this is largely a Asian cast. It's an it. The people who work on it are Asian. Uh, Destin Daniel Cretton, the director, who did Short Term 12, which is an amazing piece of work and so different to this. Um, I think sometimes the direction doesn't quite keep up with the action scenes. It's obviously not enough, given how much I've lauded praise on the action scenes, mm. it's obviously not enough to put me off. But I think someone who was more integrated into the kung fu kind of um fighting films would have been a safer choice but i think destin daniel cretton certainly finds the heart uh between the characters also re tony lung i mean i'm going to go back to him just such a well because he is he is the main antagonist of this film but it's such a well-drawn antagonist it's shades of gray he's not just ray winston in mm-hmm. Black Widow, where he's being oh, bad God. for reasons. Know, yeah. Um, 
you understand the motivation of this person and yeah it's it's such a good film it's this might be my favorite film that i've seen so far this year hey, oh that's yeah. great and I'm sure the second that we finish recording yeah, this, yeah. I'll like go, oh yeah, but um, but then there's that one that we yeah, like Palm Springs. I've already thought of is oh, probably yeah, him. yeah. It's top, it's top three, yeah. top three films I've Great. seen this year. Good. Just one thing that I just want to mention because okay. it's a film which I absolutely loved, but um, it might have passed a few people by. Okay. Which is Summer of Soul, or when the revolution could not be televised, which is a music documentary that's on Disney Plus and it covers the Harlem Culture Festival of 1969 which took place, it's a music festival that took place in a park in Harlem attracted hundreds of thousands of people and it took place the same summer as Woodstock Woodstock has obviously been this mythical concert that's been revisited, there's been about 14 different um, documentaries about it four different films about the showing the music from it and this has been completely forgotten. Um, it's it's the perfect music documentary. It's got amazing performances by people like Stevie Wonder and Gladys Knight and the Pips. But then it also shows you what was happening in black politics at the time. Um, not that it doesn't, it doesn't hit you off the head with them. It just kind of gives you context to things that are going on stage. But then it also has people who were there um, because this was filmed for a documentary that just couldn't get any release at all. So the f- tapes have just sat away in someone's I, attic. I cannot believe that. Yeah. How can this happen? You know, but well, we know why. We yeah. know why. I'm just going to big stamp of racism on it. Yeah. But exactly. It, it's just unbelievable. If this was to happen now, you would have oh, Sky I Arts, mean, BBC, yeah. PBS, HBO totally. all fighting for us. And no one was bothered. Oh. But they've also got people who were there at the time. And it shows you them sat in front of a projector watching the films from this and just their reaction of I'm start I was starting to think that this might never have happened because no one talks about it. Yeah. And I'm watching this and it's exactly the way I think about it. And as you get older and your memory start you know, I have this where I'm like, did I actually did that actually happen? Or is it <laughs> yeah, just all the time mind or yeah. This is such a really heartwarming documentary just to just people having fun in the park and the music is so good and you know there are bands that you know there are bands that you won't probably won't have heard of because they were just people who were famous at that point in yeah. that city in that time um it's a it's it's on disney plus now um it's under two hours and it is really really worth your time to check out and i recommend you watch it as well <laughs> I will. I actually, I really will. A lot of the time when you recommend things to me, I go, hmm, yes. But this, the documentary element, you know I love a documentary. Yeah. And the cultural, the historical element really, really appeals to me. And mm. I still, I cannot believe that this is the world we live in. Yeah. And that that makes me really, really want to see it. Yes. Just, you know, to, to, to sort of, out of anger, I want to see this. I want to bask in this amazing event yeah. That has been completely. Nina Simone put to performed I, I, I mean, that's there. That's ridiculous. Sly and the Family Stone. Ridiculous. I just yeah. Just, yeah. Oh. Um, so yeah, I, w- I will watch it. I will watch yeah. it definitely. Mm. Oh wow, we've got through everything. We have. We yeah. have. <laughs> 
Oh, well, thanks everyone for sticking with us because I know it, we, we used to have like a couple of episodes out a week. You remember those heady days when we actually had time and we we, we, we were just sort of like pootling about the house yes. and not having everything that was going thrown at us. When we just used to say, fancy doing a podcast. Fancy doing a podcast. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so yeah, we're, we're back on track with it. We really want to do an after work drinks. Because uh, during the pan, well, the, the, we're still in the pandemic, but the height of the pandemic, we did quite a few after work drinks, which was our sort of sitting down, maybe on a sort of a Thursday or Friday night and talking about the film news. And then yeah. the film news just became, oh, there's no films out. Yeah, we so, kind of sunset that for a little bit, yeah, haven't we? But we I think... have, but things coming back now and things like, like the Matrix resurrection trailer and things like that. So we might try and get an after work drinks in in the next week or so. Is it the Matrix resurrection? Isn't yeah. that the one that's... No, it's amazing. I think it might be Resurrections. I was thinking, is it the plural? Well, what was the second one? Um, so it's Reloaded. Oh, yes. And, and Revelations. Revolutions. Revolutions. <laughs> oh, I, God. I might we need, need to, to go back, I might need we? to rewatch these because yeah. I am really familiar with the original Matrix. Mm. I've seen the other two. I know ones. Michael from Lost is in one of the two sequels. That's my big thing. Yeah, I, I, I don't know them at all. So I think I need to go back. Yeah. I, I think we're doing our after work drinks now, aren't we? Yeah, we're we in danger I'm, of I'm that. starting yeah. to like list in my mind all the people I know from the sequels. So like Monica Bellucci's just come into my head. It's like I know she's in it. She wears a white dress. <laughs> it's like all these things like and there's like a famous French guy that's in it as well. He's called the Merovingian in the in one of the sequels. Why this is coming to my mind, I have no idea. Why we're putting but, this on podcast. And why I'm we're not putting sure. this on but let's let's stop now and come back yes. to this in an afterward drinks. Next time we get a chance to record, which hopefully won't be too long. Um, it won't, it won't, no, I'm sure. it won't. So thank you everyone for listening. As always, we really, really appreciate it. If you want to drop us a line, let us know what you think about some of the TV and film that we've been talking about. We are at The Honeymoon Pod on Twitter and on Instagram. And if you want to drop us a review, you can do so on Apple Podcasts or you can find our podcast on anywhere else where you get podcasts. I've said podcast a lot. You there. have said podcast a lot. That's the bit I always struggle with, that second bit. So I got in first and did the first bit. The I've noticed that. The Twitter. Yeah. yeah, and I was like, oh, I did that really well. And then well. he kind of dropped your eyes at me you. and went, go on then, Go dickhead. on then. <laughs> <laughs> See you soon, everyone. See you later. Bye-bye.